Tom Skilling joins WGN, becomes a member of the News 9 team. And Tom, I hope you're as happy about it as we are. Jack, it's indeed a pleasure to work with such a group of professionals here at WGN and in one of the most exciting weather markets probably in the whole United States. That is Tom Skilling on his very first day at WGN-TV. That was 45 <laughs> years ago. And Tom joins us as he does every Tuesday. 45 years, the same place. I don't think many people can manage that, Tom. How have you done it? Oh, I, I'll tell you, if, if I knew, I'd write a book on it and sell it. Hey, you know, Lisa, there's a story about my first day at WGN. Um, Roger Treemstra had been working something like a year with no break, and so they popped me on quickly, and he used to work with Wally Phillips in the morning. So they said, oh, you're going to do Wally Phillips' show, which was a little nerve-wracking for a, a newcomer to the area to be on the number one rated morning radio show. And uh, so I was staying at a hotel because I hadn't closed on my uh, condo at that point. And I was staying at a hotel out by, out by O'Hare, and I had no map machines or anything at home. So I had to get into the elevator early, about 4.30 in the morning, and start heading into work. And lo and behold, the elevator stops between the third and fourth floor out at this hotel. So I'm there and have no way to contact anybody to tell them I'm stuck in the hotel elevator there. And the Wally Phillips show, my debut on that show and on uh, Chicago radio is just uh, hours away. And I thought, you know, this is not going to fly when I tell them I got stuck in the elevator. You know, it sounds like an excuse. But um, I'll tell you, Lisa, it's been an amazing 45 years. In some respects, it goes by very fast. And in other respects, it seems like ages ago on that first day. But it's been an amazing period and an amazing broadcast operation and uh, in a field that has seen just amazing changes and advances in that near half-century period. It's pretty amazing. You know what? We are so lucky to have you, honestly, when it comes to broadcast personalities. You're the most beloved person in this city, and the information that you share with us every day saves lives, Tom. It really does. And so I just want to thank you on behalf of everyone for doing what you do and continuing to go in and do it every single day. Job well done. You're so sweet. I'll tell you, Lisa, I'm the luckiest guy in the world, you know. I, I was telling your producer, I used to go to work uh, the first three quarters of my career, and I figured I was going to get fired, you know, because this is a very competitive business. Yeah. And so to reach this point in life and to have made it through is kind of, in a way, amusing. I, You know, I think for heaven's sake, I remember Bob Collins told me one time, because I shared an office back with Bob Collins and Bill Berg, who used to do afternoon radio, and I remember Bob telling me, uh, you know, Kenny says, if you can survive five years in the Chicago market, chances are uh, you may survive uh, beyond that. <laughs> and so <I'm, laughs> I've never forgotten those words uh, from the inimitable Bob Collins, but uh, it's been fun. And I work uh, to work with you is such a joy. And that's true of everybody I work with. Thank you, Lisa, for your kind words. Oh, thank it you, means a Tom. Lot. I just can't even believe I get to talk to you every day. When you talk about Wally Phillips and you talk about Bob Collins, I'm thinking, okay, I'll hold oh. on to that five-year plan at WGN, and hopefully it'll go well for me, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it, you know, Bob's words proved to be um, predictive. And so yes. I'm telling you, Lisa, I'm sure you're going to be doing this, too. <laughs> and uh, have fun with it, as you do. Uh, I'll tell you that. It's, it's a great place to work, isn't it? Every day I come in, it's the best part of my day. Every single day. 
So, Tom, let's talk about the rain yesterday. Some areas where we have people listening got hit with almost five inches, others less than an inch. Oh, yeah. You know, it's really fascinating. You go up into Walworth County in Wisconsin, they had uh, uh, near four and a half inches of rain. We here in the city, with flooding in a number of locations, had a couple of spots that approached four inches of rain. And... uh, it's always interesting to me when you do a post-mortem on these summer rains, just how varied the rainfall is. You go down to Wheatfield, Indiana, in northwest Indiana, they had a tenth of an inch of rain. Some areas had just a couple hundreds, uh, and yet we had viaducts flooded in the city and places and everything else. It, you know, anytime you get thunderstorms tangled up in a storm system, as we did yesterday, uh, you're going to get widely varied rains. And you know, you say it was amazing. That storm uh, had the attributes of uh, storms that we tend to see in spring and fall, not in late summer. It was very strong for this time of the year. And, of course, in a summer atmosphere with all the moisture available to it, uh, the prolific rains such a system can produce were certainly on display. And then I saw the rainbows that you posted and that you showed. Yeah. Aren't they something, you know, it was interesting. When you looked at the satellite imagery, you could see these clusters of thunderstorms with their bumpy tops, indicating they had a feature called overshooting tops. That's usually a sign that uh, there are tremendous updrafts going on in these thunderstorms. And between them, there'd be holes in the clouds. And so the sun would uh, come out, and underneath uh, the clouds, that produced these beautiful rainbows that, so many folks saw it and sent pictures. I'm still getting pictures of them. So it's rainbow season uh, here in Chicago. And do we have crazy <laughs> hot weather on the way? Yeah. You know, uh, the indications are, and it's interesting, there's a new wrinkle in one of the model forecasts. They, they bring a northwest flow in. The thing you always look at with these hot domes that are predicted to develop is will any thunderstorms pop up that interfere with the expansion of the heat into the area? The um, consensus of multiple models from multiple meteorological agencies that run these models out, you know, a week or two in, in advance or more, is that a big hot air dome, like the one sitting over the Pacific Northwest, and that's been producing the heat down south, is to develop over the Midwest later this weekend, going into the first half of next week. Now, if that verifies, and if we don't get thunderstorms to pop and uh, interfere with its spread into the area, We've got some real hot late-season weather on the way, and uh, the dew points, the moisture content of the air that are being, uh, that's being predicted suggests this will be a hot, humid air mass. So I suspect we're going to have some air conditioners running if this works out and if thunderstorms don't pop up unexpectedly somewhere and temper the heat. Well, I hope the schools are ready for back to school and that their air conditioners are running because that's going to be miserable for teachers and kids. Oh, isn't it the truth? I, You know, Lisa, isn't it interesting how early school starts uh, in this era? Remember, we used to go to school about, you know, usually Labor Day or something like that. Now they're starting in August, you know, and it, uh, it does raise the specter of dealing with heat and humidity and unair conditioned uh, schoolrooms. So, yeah, that's yeah. a consideration. And in many cases, unair conditioned school buses, you know, the, maybe, yeah. maybe they're all air conditioned now, but I remember those miserable days. Tom Skilling is with us. We're going to come back and talk about his beloved Hawaii, what is happening in Maui, the wildfires stateside, and more weather. But first, Mary's got to check on the current temps and 
of course, traffic. 720 WGN. Thank you for joining us. It's Tuesday, so we always have the opportunity to talk with Tom Skilling from WGN TV. It's brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. And Tom, when you go to Hawaii, what island do you visit? You know, I've been going to the big island. I, I've gone to all of them at one time or another. But uh, the big island is where I go, and that's just south of Maui, the island where these terrible fires. But we had fires on the big island, too. And uh, I, I immediately got messages from friends over there who uh, wanted to assure me that where I go hadn't burned down. But uh, they had closed the resort uh, I go to on the north end of the big island. And across the way, you see Haleakala, which is the big volcano on Maui. And it was west of that volcano that these fires uh, raged. You, you know, I got a um, picture yesterday from a friend of mine in Alaska uh, who had a condo uh, in Maui that's been completely destroyed. She sent me a picture, and uh, the whole complex is gone, as is everything in Lahaina. Uh, you know, can you imagine that, Lisa? I, they have, you know, they had 60 to 70-mile-an-hour winds blowing at night, and this fire started. There seems to be speculation that maybe power lines ignited it, but uh, they'll they'll be uh, thorough investigations on that. So you've got these flames and smoke riding sixty to seventy mile an hour winds, and you know these people there are faced with a wall of fire and smoke coming at them in the darkness of the night. And it, it's just you can't imagine anything more horrifying. And we've seen this happen over in Europe and Greece. They've had fires like that that move so quickly that people literally have to get out of their cars. They leave them there where they're later burned, which is what happened in Lahaina, right. and, and jump into the ocean to literally get away from uh, what would otherwise be certain death. Um, so it's, it's unbelievable. It, yeah, we, it's just really incredibly sad. We talked to an ER doc yesterday. He was an ER doc in California. He went to Maui 12 years ago, opened a mobile clinic. He broke down in tears during the interview. He believes the death toll is going to possibly... Go into the hundreds, possibly. Yeah, into the hundreds. He said a lot of the people who jumped in the water to survive perished because of hypothermia and because of the smoke, and it's just tragic. And now we have wildfires in Washington State. Yeah. And, you know, the fires have rekindled in Western Canada, not that they ever went away. But, you know, look at those temperatures. I sent you some of those temperatures out there, Lisa. Triple digit readings in uh, the Portland area up around Seattle. I mean, this is an area where you normally see low and mid 80s this time of the year. So these temperatures are more than 20 degrees above normal. Last time they had a big heat wave there, the official death toll due to heat was like in a couple of hundred. But there were some reports that many more uh, perished. Uh, assigning heat as a cause of death is is always tricky because, you know, the deaths are reported as uh, complications from respiratory illness or ca- cardiovascular complications when, in fact, they've really been, you know, exacerbated by the heat. And um, so, uh, yeah, we've got fires burning out there now, as you'd expect, and heat of that magnitude. And that's a part of the country where they're not used to that kind of heat. No. Uh, so they don't have the air conditioning that we do in uh, this area and other areas. I lived out and, there for three know, years I'm, and did radio. We never had an air conditioner because it was rare that you would ever see 80 degrees. If you've got triple digits out there, 
that impacts the health of a lot of people. Oh, it, it absolutely does. It's the same thing that happens in Europe. Uh, you know, Western Europe, where the winds off the Atlantic temper the heat many times, but that stopped happening. And, you know, they had a, they had a heat wave in Europe in the early 2000s that killed 70,000. Oh. Uh, the death toll from heat is really understated. We saw it here in Chicago in uh, July of 1995. We lost over 700 people to heat. And uh, that's why the city is so proactive now on opening cooling centers anytime we see heat coming. And I suspect that this heat that we've got coming in later in the weekend, early next week, materializes. Uh, we'll be talking about cooling centers and looking in on our, our neighbors and the elderly and all the rest. And we've not had a death toll like that. You can take measures that prevent that kind of heat. But, you know, the thing I worry about uh, is, um, you know, like in places like Phoenix and Las Vegas where it gets hot and people have flocked into those areas trying to escape winter's cold, but they have this incredible heat. And you wonder if the electricity ever fails in places like that, and they they don't have air conditioning, uh, you know, this heat is reaching the point it's almost unsurvivable in places without air conditioning. People are very worried um, about that power grid. Yeah, yeah. You know, we better keep that healthy, that's for sure. So, Tom, um, what are we looking at? Why don't you give us a forecast and tell us when that heat is going to arrive? Well, it's days away, uh, Lisa. We've got a lovely, cool north-northeast wind. It's churning the lake. Uh, And we've got the sun out out in the western suburbs. It's been out much of the day. So we'll get more and more sun as the day goes on. We'll break the clouds up and uh, and then go into a, a nice day tomorrow. Sunshine with these little cottony cumulus clouds and comfortable temps. We'll only be in the 80s tomorrow. Uh, it looks like another round of thunderstorms, perhaps late Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Then Friday's partly sunny and in the 80s. Saturday starts getting hot. It'll get up in the 90s. There will be a lake breeze. Uh, so to cool the beaches and the downtown area some. But we could be up in the 90s inland uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, next week, and possibly even Wednesday. Uh, and the humidity will be building during that period. So that's when the heat comes in. Uh, over the weekend, and particularly Sunday, when you'll marry heat and humidity together and probably get triple-digit heat indices. So it's going to get pretty warm unless we get thunderstorms to pop up, and we're going to be watching our charts like hawks to see if we see any you know any indication of that happening. That'd be the one way to temper the heat, and we'll see whether it works out. Yeah, we'll welcome that. Congratulations on 45 years at WGN-TV, Tom. Thank you, Lisa. How nice of you. I, I'll tell you, I, I'm a lucky guy. Uh, and I, to work with people like you is just a pleasure. Thanks, Lisa. And happy Tuesday to you. <laughs> happy Tuesday to you. He is such a treasure. That's Tom Skilling.